This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Football Friday Podcast for week number seven. You know, we talk about it all the time how fast this season goes, you know, as you get to this stage of your life, uh, everything goes fast. But nothing moves like an NFL season. It's week seven. Before you know it, it's Halloween. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, you're talking about playoff possibilities. And next thing you know, you're in, you know at the holidays, and you got a couple of weeks left in the NFL season. Week seven already starting to take shape now. Began last night with Jacksonville's 31-24 win over the Saints. The Saints obviously went away knowing they should have been in overtime, you know, on third down, Foster Moreau, the tight end, drops a wide-open touchdown pass. I mean, you've probably seen it. If you haven't, you'll see it today. Wide open, in his hands, drops it. Kids in tears as the game ends. I mean, actually, water coming out of his helmet. He's crying so much uh, at, at the drop. It was a terrible drop. They didn't connect on fourth down, and the game doesn't go to overtime. Uh, the... Uh, Jags, who have now won four straight and are five and two and are in a commanding position, um, allowed the game to get tied up at 24. Lawrence, who looked very good last night on the bad knee, hit Kirk for a 44-yard touchdown. They take control. Saints come right back down the field. It was wide open in the fourth quarter, and they don't get in the end zone. The Jags go to five and two. They've won four straight. They play one game in the next 23 days. One game. That's it. Uh, So they are in great shape right now. They're going to get healthy. Uh, They are the class of the division. And it looks like they are headed uh, to the postseason buys this week. And it's always, you know, a different week when you have New York teams off or you have the Cowboys off. Cowboys are off. Jets are off. Bengals are off. So those are big teams. You have the Texans off. The Titans off. The winless Panthers off the only winless team in the league. There are no undefeated teams in the league. So you have uh, six teams off. So you don't have a great slate of games. You have two games that really stick out. We'll get to them, okay? We start with the Giants who play Washington. Washington comes in very healthy. Giants come in incredibly beat up. Uh, we don't have a decision yet on who quarterbacks. I would, if I, on Friday when I am uh, doing this, I would say it is going to be Tyrod Taylor. I I know Daniel Jones has been in and out in practice lightly. I think it will be Tyrod Taylor. I'd be surprised if it's not. The key is the offensive line, which is still just an absolute joke and is just a mess. Uh, Giants have a world of injuries. They have to win this game. They have the Jets next week. If they don't win this game, the only thing they'll have to salvage their season is a win against the Jets because after that, no one's going to even pay attention to the Giants the rest of the season. Or they can play a spoiler the rest of the way. So that's where we are right now. They have to get a win against the 500 Redskins. Redskins have moved the football. They've also turned it over. They also have a pass rush, and that's bad for any team because it comes in because the Giants can't block anybody. 
that's where we are for the Giants. And, and, and again, this is a game the Giants have got to find a way to win. Uh, Raiders, 3-3 three and three at the Bears. Garoppolo's out. Fields is out. So now you're in the world of backup quarterbacks. We don't know if it's going to be Hoyer or O'Connell yet for the Raiders. Uh, we do know it's going to be Tyson uh, Badgett, who was bad last week. Bears are a mess. They're a mess. The Raiders just give the ball to Jacobs, throw the ball to Devontae Adams, flip it out to him, throw it to the tight end, Meyer, and they'll win the game going away. That's how bad the Bears are. Uh, just going through a terrible season. Browns pro- will be without Deshaun Watson. Most likely it's going to be P.J. Walker again, but he's proved he can move the team a little bit, and they can run the ball. Get the Colts. Going to be another tough physical game. Cleveland's defense is playing amazingly well. Off the win against San Francisco. Big win last week. This is a game that could be a tough game for them on the road. Uh, The Colts can come up with some big efforts. They can play defense. They're working Taylor back in. Now, Richardson is gone for the season. He's going to have the shoulder surgery, and he's out for the season. Uh, Minshew is the quarterback. He can move the team. He just commits too many mistakes. He's just got to cut his mistakes down. If he does, the Colts are going to be dangerous. Uh, Bills 4-2 and two at the Pats. What can you say about the Pats? They have four, 19 players on the injured list. 19 players. And now they get the Bills. Looks like another bad week. Falcons and the Bucks. That division is going to be right to the wire. Probably one at either 8-9 and 9-8. Uh, so flip of a coin when those teams are playing. Lions are 5-1. and one. There's three teams that have winning streaks right now. Kansas City's won five in a row. Jacksonville's won four in a row. Uh, Detroit's won four in a row. Detroit is all banged up. They have no healthy running backs, so they'll have to throw the ball. The Ravens are getting healthier. This is a very good game. Five and one Lions who are going to have the division clinched by Thanksgiving. There's nothing but them in the division, nothing. So they're going to coast to the playoffs. They could even wind up with the one seed. It's not impossible. Um, Are they in the class of the top teams? I don't think yet. Ravens, dangerous, have yet to put together their full game. I think this is a very good game. And if the Ravens win and go to five and two, they're going to have a good season in a very tough division. Uh, Lions can afford to slip up, but you know what? They've been playing very well and playing well away away from home. Steelers and Rams, always hard to figure the Steelers. They do nothing offensively. They play well defensively. Rams are up and down. Watt got hurt in practice. Don't know the extent of that yet. Uh, But you figure a close game there. Cards at one and five have actually played better than that. Seahawks. At three and two, Kyler Murray's back now thinking about playing again, but probably still a couple of weeks away from that decision. Packers at two and three, Broncos at one and five. What can you say? Disaster season for the Broncos, and the Packers have looked anything but good. Uh, Chargers coming off that rough loss to the Cowboys. At two and three, take on the five and one Chiefs, who have won five straight. Wouldn't be surprised if it was a close game, but you know the Chiefs know how to win these games. What the Chiefs need to do to take that next step. And I think the Chiefs defense could be the best they've had in the whole run. The Chiefs just need to decide, and they're still bringing guys in as they did this week with the trade with the Jets. They still have to decide who's going to be their number one target at wide receiver. Okay, it has to, has to be decided. They have to lock in. And, and really believe in a person and let them emerge from this group because it's a problem because he doesn't rely on anybody and he doesn't have faith in anybody except Kelsey. Uh, the Sunday night game should be a lot of fun. 
Five and one Dolphins, five and one Eagles. Eagles off that terrible loss to the Jets. Give the Jets credit by hanging in there and playing great defense. I question a lot of things about what the Eagles did down the stretch of that game. No reason to go rehash it now. The Dolphins are fascinating. They don't have Aishon right now too bad because, you know, watching him on uh, in prime time is fun because he's like a running back version of Hill. He just is so fast, it's ridiculous. He's probably three or four weeks away from playing. They're going to be cautious with him. Um, Dolphins have scored 223 points. They also are just the second team in the history of the NFL to have 15 rushing and 15 passing touchdowns in the first six weeks of the season. Only the second team. The other one, you have to go back to the 58 Colts. That's Johnny Unitas. Okay? 1958 Colts. The last team that after six weeks had 15 rushing and 15 passing touchdowns. That's how explosive this team has been. And the amazing thing about this offense for the Fish, they can throw it to Tariq Hill, which you know they will. They can throw it to Waddle. They can throw it to Tariq. They can get them the ball in a variety of different patterns. You can even give them some some handoffs. You can give them some, you can do a million things with those two, okay? Now, they also run the ball unbelievably for huge chunks of yardage. Their offense is really incredibly good. Now, Ramsey's back practicing. That will help their defense. Howard's banged up. They are not very good defensively, and I think the Eagles could bully them with their running game. But the Eagles secondary is going to have a, a nightmare with these guys. A nightmare. Should be a fun game. Really should. Should be a heck of a Sunday game. Very much looking forward to that game. Five and one fish, five and one Eagles. Monday night, San Francisco off the loss to Cleveland. And listen, with everything that went wrong in that game, McCaffrey getting hurt, Trent Williams getting hurt, Samuels getting hurt, okay? All the things that went wrong, they still came down the field and had a, what is a chip shot field goal. And the kid missed it. Kid missed two field goals. You got a couple of young field goal kickers who probably are on the brink of being in big trouble because they keep missing field goals. You can't, if you're the Niners and you're thinking about going to the Super Bowl, you cannot have a, a field goal kicker you can't trust. He doesn't have to kick 58-yard field goals. He's got to kick 41-yard field goals. You got to feel like he's going to make a 41-yard field goal no matter what. And right now, they don't have that. And you know what? An old coach used to tell me, they don't kick 80% minimum. They're somebody else's kicker. And right now, they're not getting, he's not getting near that. It's not even that so much. I can live with the percentages being a little off on the long ones. I can't live with a guy who can't, from 45 in, knock down anything I need. Now, the league's become a league where 55's become a normal field goal. In the old days of 55, you'd say, ah, the guy's not going to make it. Now you see these guys, and when they line up from 60, if the weather's not bad and there's no wind, they usually, you know, they take a great shot or they make 60-yard field goals now. So it has changed dramatically. I mean, 56, 57, you don't even bat an eye anymore when you see a guy kicking 57, 58-yard field goals. Even when you see somebody kicking a 60-yard field goal, you don't even get excited anymore. In the old days, you used to go crazy. They make those. Field goal kicking has really advanced. There's no question. But then you see some guys who turn games around. You know, last week, Elliott, who's as reliable as they come, had a big miss in the Jet game. 
You know, two things that didn't get enough attention in that Jet game was the Elliott miss and the Devontae Smith drop in the third quarter, wide open, running free on a broken defense in the secondary. Probably going to score because of how quick he is. And he drops the ball, I mean, in his hands. Plays like that make a big difference. Surprising at this stage there isn't an undefeated team, but there isn't. The last two fell last week, the Niners and the Eagles. Now, when you look at the conferences right now, NFC East, it's a two-horse race. NFC North, Lions will be sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner and already have a division title. NFC West, the Niners are clearly the class. NFC South is going to go right to the wire. Could be one at eight and nine. AFC East, with the last two weeks, you can't discount the Jets yet, but you expect it to be from the Bills and the Dolphins. But you know what? Like I said, Jets have earned the right to at least be talked about until further notice. The South, I think Jacksonville has already emerged. You know, everyone didn't, a lot of people were knocking them. They were one and two, and now all of a sudden they're five and two. AFC West, well, we've seen that song before. You know, we've seen that song plenty, plenty of times, and it's the same script this year again. Kansas City is without question, without question, the dominant team. I don't think there's, you know, anything to even discuss. And the AFC North, which a lot of people thought was going to be the best division in football, and it still might be top to bottom because there isn't a weak team in the division. Steelers, probably the weakest team. They're three and two. They play great defense. Cleveland plays outrageous defense. It just Deshaun Watson's never been Deshaun Watson since he's come back. And he's always hurt. Cincinnati's gotten to three and three. Remember last year, Cincinnati was four and four and then took off. Are they going to take off again? They've looked better. You know, funny, they looked good. And then the Seattle game, they looked a little shaky on offense. They had trouble with the Seattle pass rush. But their defense stepped up and really stepped up in the red zone and made some big plays. And they won that game. They're three and three by this week. Watch the Bengals. Bengals could still be a very big Bengals and Ravens, I think, are the two teams out of there that could really make some noise. I don't think Cleveland or Pittsburgh. I think either one could make the playoffs. I do not think they'll make a lot of noise, though. Is the AFC as deep as everybody thought? It might not be as good at the top because Buffalo and Cincinnati have not been as consistent as we probably thought they would. Kansas City still Kansas City. They don't lose. And if, if Tony hadn't dropped those passes in the first game against the Lions, they're undefeated. So you turn around, they're 5-1. and one. They've won five games in a row. They get the Chargers this week. Probably a close game, but Kansas City will probably win it. Expect them to win it. And they're off and running again. And they're right where you expect them to be. And right now, you'd have to make them the favorites. You know, you can make Cincinnati, San Francisco the favorite or Philly the favorite in the NFC. Uh, let's see before people start to, you know, think about the Lions in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be an interesting thought? You know, I've always wanted to see the Lions and Cleveland get to a Super Bowl. Let's see, you know, maybe, maybe we're starting to inch towards that maybe happening. Um, I don't want to put the Lions there yet. I'm not putting the Cowboys there 
I tell you, the Cowboys, if I'm Jerry Jones, if Devontae Adams wants out of the Raiders as bad as everybody as badly as everybody says he does. I don't know if Jerry can get him under the cap because he's only a year and a half into a $140 million contract. And I don't know what Jerry can and can't do with the salary cap. I haven't examined it. But if they could get a second receiver on that team, a legitimate second receiver, and if they ever could get a Devontae Adams and put him with Lamb, whoa, that would be scary. They miss a second receiver in the worst way. And in this league, if you're smart, you can take away even Tyreek Hill if you know what you're doing. Just check what the Pats do. I mean, you can take him away. Now, you're going to pay a price. Kelsey's going to catch a lot of balls. The backs are going to catch a lot of balls. The other receivers are going to be have some very open routes. But you can take him away. With a safety over the top, you can take him away. So it's not like you can't. You can. You can always take away one receiver if you have to, if you know what you're doing defensively. And a lot of teams, it just amazes me how they let Hill kill them play after play after play. And if you're going to play him like he's a regular receiver, he's going to kill you. He is absolutely lethal. You know, he is on a pace right now to have over 2,200 receiving yards this year. He is a force in these games. There's no way around it. He really is. Now, as always, the podcast is brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app, new and improved. Uh, faster experience, exclusive promotions, one app while traveling. And remember, get extra value the entire football season with the Bet Rivers squares. And if you don't know what the squares are, check it out. With a play of just $10 in the same game parlays on any of the games where there's the square icon in the corner, and there is on all the NFL games, you can get a chance to win up to $10,000 in bonus money. You get the, you know, the standard Super Bowl box and you get a couple of squares and who knows, maybe you'll cash in and win $10,000 for just $10. doesn't cost you a whole lot to play a little extra fun as you go through your NFL uh, weekend. So check it out uh, and do that by downloading the bet rivers app. We'll get to some emails in this week seven podcast right after you're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the bet rivers network. Hello again, everybody. Mike Francesa football Friday podcast for week number seven. As I said, a lot of teams off this week, Cowboys off jets off. So you jet fans can take a deep breath, relax, sit back, think about the giants next week. Bengals off Texans off Titans off Panthers off. If you have the Cowboys, the jets, the Bengals, the Titans off, even the Texans were playing really good football and really good football. And before the season started, I told you D'Amico Ryan's going to be very impressive. He's been, he's been that, and he's a coach of the year candidate six weeks into the season. He has done a great job with that team. Um, and the winless Panthers, who have struggled uh, mightily. All those teams off this week. Giants get the Redskins, the, excuse me, the uh, Commanders in a game they have to win um, at home. They are still incredibly banged up. And there's two games that you really feature this week, the Fish and the Eagles on Sunday night, which I'm very much looking forward to, and the Lions and the and the Ravens, which is an interesting game. And, you know, the Lions are on their way to 
you know, it's been so hard for them to get to the postseason. It's been so hard for them to make any headway in that division. They are going to coast home this year. The Bears are a joke. The Vikings are going nowhere. Even though Cousins swears he's staying the rest of the season, they don't have Jefferson. Jefferson's not going to rush back. Uh, Cousins says he will not. He's adamant he will not accept a trade anywhere. He will not waive his no trade. He's staying in Minnesota for the season. Okay, that makes them at least viable with their passing game. They'll win a couple of games. They are competitive, but they're not going anywhere. And the Packers aren't any good. So the Lions are going to coast home, coast home. They're going to have a five or six game lead when you hit December and they are gone. Goodbye. All right, here we go. Uh, just send your emails to Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Steve starts us off. Do you have any insight as to what transpired between the Jets and Belichick in 2000 as the reason why he left and why he finds uh, such outsized joy in embarrassing the Jets to this day? Remember, I'm not going to get into the reasons. Let's just say Belichick wanted to find his own shop. That's the best way to put it. But remember this. He took the job. He told Leon Hess he would become the head coach. And then Leon's gone and he's doesn't want to coach the team. We know the scribbling note and the awful press conference. And he got buried. I mean, he got buried by everybody. And he took some real serious hits, and he didn't forget them. And he has paid the Jets back royally ever since. Then the Mangini thing also made it worse. Um, Doug, when does Herbert get some blame for the Chargers losing? It seems like he gets a pass all the time when they play poorly. You know, that's a good point. Listen, I don't think anybody doubts Herbert has a lot of talent. All you have to do is watch him throw the ball to know that. But look at the pass he threw last week at the end of the game. All right, you're right. He is also part of the issue in still making the untimely mistake. The problem is there, there's no other way to say it, they're terribly coached. And they are wasting a lot of talent there. And I said the, the other day on one of the shows I did earlier in the week, I said, if there is a match that is orbiting around the NFL, it is Belichick and Herbert. If they ever found each other, you would be in for another big run. I even at Belichick's age, that's what he needs. That's what Belichick needs. That's what Herbert needs. I mean, it's not likely that they ever connect, but as they both orbit in trouble, and Belichick is going to have a very rough record this year, um, that would be the perfect match that would create an immediate power team in the NFL. Uh, James, if Rodgers doesn't play again this season to the Jets, think about targeting a quarterback in the draft next year. Way too premature for any of that. Um, Thomas, my friend and I are Dolphin fans. He believes that the Dolphins uh, would be better off with Herbert than with Tua. I'm a Tua believer. Do you think Herbert would have done better? It would be hard to do better. When Tua is healthy, the Dolphins win. Case closed. Tua wins. Tua moves the team. Now, has he been injured a lot? Yes. Has he tried to play a couple times with injuries like that uh, game against the Raiders years ago where he couldn't throw the ball? Yes. But when he's healthy enough to play, and he's never 100% healthy, he's always beat up, 
but he's got some chronic problems. But when he's healthy enough to play, uh, they're they're a, a juggernaut. And as I just told you earlier in the show, they are setting records with this offense this year. You look around the league, there's some quarterbacks with some lousy stats. Two is not one of them. Look at his numbers. Uh, Charlie, are the Lions in the conversation for the best team in the NFC? They have the same record as Philly and San Francisco. Is it re- uh, are you ready to put them in that grouping? No, I am not. I have. It has been hard for me to take the long. I like Campbell. I like what he's done. I haven't believed in that team, and then I see little bits and pieces that make me say, eh, they're a little better than I thought. I see them make a play late in the game. I see them do this. I see them show some toughness. I see them get better on defense. I don't think they're great on defense. Uh, I don't think they would beat a San Francisco or a Philly in a playoff game yet. But they're going to be in the playoffs, and the way their schedule works and the way their division works, as soft as it is, and considering that San Francisco might now be sitting on a rash injuries, you know, right now, going into the Monday night game, we don't know if McCaffrey's playing. We don't know if Trent Williams is playing. We don't know if, if Samuels is playing. Uh, we don't know about any of them until Monday. The league has right now got a ton of injuries. You know that. There's some big guys on IR, led by Rodgers. You got Jefferson on IR. You got Chubb on IR. You go down the line. You already lost Richardson for the season. You're playing the Raider game against uh, against the Bears with both backup quarterbacks. You're playing with backup quarterbacks in three or four other spots. You have quarterbacks. Last week, you had three quarterbacks out and five got hurt in the game. So you're seeing this more and more. The league is always a war of attrition. That's what it is. To get to have a big season, you not only have to play well, you have to be lucky in the injury department. And part of it's just luck. Let's be honest. Some of these times these guys get hurt in space. They don't even do anything. And they wind up getting their foot stuck in the, in the turf. Or they just, you know, the, you know, they, their leg, someone rolls up on their leg the wrong way. It, it, it's stuff that you really, you know, you, you can't foretell. And there's no way to prepare for. It's going to happen. You're going to have injuries. And that's why the league bends over backwards. And that's why we sit there in the, in the, height of battle in the fourth quarter in a close game, and we get a ridiculous passing, a roughing the pa- uh, passer call, where you're saying, oh, come on, it's football. They are trying to keep these quarterbacks upright. Getting hit by these guys at the velocity they come in and hit them at, with the kind of shape they're in, it's hard for these guys to stay healthy. Look how many quarterbacks have been hurt already this year. I've always told you this. If you get into November and you're playing a whole bunch of games with backup quarterbacks, the league stinks. You can't even watch it. And that's why sometimes you have to live with that protection penalty that tells you don't take that extra step and hit the quarterback. Don't throw him down when you don't have to throw him down. Don't do, you know, don't hit him in the head. Don't do this. Don't do that. And that's why they're trying to keep these guys upright. Last week, five went out in the game, and you had three already out, not playing, and you had five go out in, in the game. And some of them aren't coming back this week. So you lose a lot of quarterbacks, and you're trying to keep them upright. That's what you're trying to do. You move into this middle part between now 
and the second week in November, this league separates completely. And you find out who's going and who is already thinking about next year. The trade deadline is Halloween. There are some interesting things that could happen before that. We'll get into that next week as we move closer, but there is a lot of talk about a lot of players. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.